0: And so as I was thinking about what to share and praying, what to share about the Lord, uh, give me something, I want to share with you about developing a listening ear. And uh, let's have a look at Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. I uh, had a whole series, I was sort of getting all ready to get going on, and then I felt the Lord just drop. No, don't do that, do this. So let's have a look at Matthew 4 verse 4. And uh, Matthew 4 verse 4, Jesus answered and he said, It is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus was in a place of fasting, a place of prayer, a place of preparation for three and a half years that would change the world. And uh, it's interesting that he began his season of ministry with that time of fasting prayer, becoming sensitized to the spiritual realm, sensitized to the will of God. And in the midst of that, of course, he experienced temptation and pressure. And he came through with this amazing statement, the man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that God is speaking. In other words, he's saying foundational for your life as a believer is a continued drawing of God speaking to you. It is impossible to be led by the Holy Spirit without learning how to listen to Him and hear His voice. It's absolutely crucial for our Christian life to hear the voice of God, to live a life where God is speaking to us. If God is not speaking to you, something is wrong. If God is not speaking to you, then a lot of other voices will be. And so a thought for this year as you begin is what voice were you listening to mostly last year? And in this coming year, what voice will you listen to mostly during this year? There are voices of the crowd, voices of circumstance voices of the media voices of advertising many voices and all of them will put a demand on you all of them will try and extract something from you there'll be the voice of the devil the voice of sin voice of your flesh all kinds of voices but there is one voice that will bring life and fruitfulness into you if you will listen and respond that's the voice of god and one of the most crucial things we can learn to do this year is open our our heart in a new way to experience God, to hear Him, see Him, and learn how to work with Him. Take a lot of stress out of your life, a lot of stress, a lot of stress. How many know what stress is like? You've been in a bit of it right now. Ah, Now it's starting to relax, I suppose. In Luke 1 and verse 37, the Bible says very clearly, it says this, it says, there's no word or rhema of God that's not without power to bring about its fulfillment. So when God speaks to you, when God shows you things, He will empower you to do them. The biggest thing is for you to position yourself for God to speak. So at the beginning of the year, I usually take time in fasting and prayer to begin to listen about the things God wants me to persevere or press in or change in my own life. The lessons from last year I need to learn, and begin to have a plan for this year how to grow and change. Also things that God wants me to accomplish in the coming year or season. I would encourage you to do that and take such a time. I want us to have a look in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It's a story you're well familiar with. I felt the Lord just drop it into my heart today to just go back there and very simple story about two followers of Jesus, two friends of Jesus. And I'm sure as we read this, you're going to see yourself as one or other of them. So I wonder which one you'll see. Perhaps you're both. Uh, In verse 38 in Luke chapter 10. Now, what happened as they entered a certain village. A certain woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. And she had a sister called Mary. And she also sat at Jesus' feet and listened or heard his word. But Martha was distracted or cumbered with much serving. So she came to him and said, Lord, Lord, don't you care? My sister has left me to serve alone. Tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. But there's one thing is needed. One thing is needed. Mary's chosen a good part. It'll not be taken away from her. Mary's chosen it. So let's read through this. We find there are two women. One's Martha, and Martha appears to own the house. You invited and welcomed Jesus in. It's like we all do. The first place of encounter with God is welcoming Jesus Christ in. Most of you here will have welcomed Christ into your life. You'd have welcomed him into your heart, welcomed him into your house. You would have made Him welcome. You'd have prayed a sinner's prayer, opening your life to Jesus Christ. And doing that, your life began to change. Jesus Christ, His Spirit came into your life. Your sins are forgiven. And so we begin a new life. We're a totally new creation. We're a new person. Spirit of God is living in us. Now we have access to the eternal realm of God. Now we can walk with God, we can be filled with the Holy Ghost. We have a new way, a new lifestyle has begun. But having done that, then we have to make a choice as to whether we will cultivate the life of the Spirit or whether we will just live out of the old patterns. Remember, when you got born again, everything potentially became new. However, you have to walk out the change. So all your thoughts didn't change, your attitudes didn't all change, Your spirit was born again, but then we have a journey of walking with God, and you and I can set our mind on the spirit, and the things of the spirit, we can set our mind on the flesh. Set our mind on the flesh, it's hostility to God, and we can't have life and peace. We set our mind on the spirit, we begin to engage, listening and flowing with the Holy Spirit, and life begins to change. So, here's Martha now. course Mary is a little different said she also so she did something that Martha didn't do Mary welcomed Jesus I'm sure she's very happy to see him just very welcome here is Jesus of course when Jesus comes his friends come too so when you invite Jesus in you find yourself engaging a group of people that come with him and uh, they invited Jesus in I'm sure he had 12 disciples with him so there's a whole crowd have come into the house sudden invasion like our family at Christmas just crowds of people in the house wonderful But it says that Mary also sat at Jesus' feet and listened to His word. Mary had a hunger for personal intimacy with Jesus. She had a hunger to know Him. It was not common for a woman to be a disciple of a rabbi or a mentor. In fact, women were excluded from that. This was something only men did. But she was not going to be restricted by traditional culture. She had a desire, I want to learn. He's in my home, I'm going to learn. I'm going to let him teach me. And so she sat at his feet. Sitting at his feet is the position of a disciple, position of someone learning. It's a position of someone who recognizes this rabbi, this mentor, this person can change my life. I want what they have. So when she sat down at his feet, she was positioning herself as a learner and a person who's a follower of Jesus. Martha, of course, very busy and she's busy getting a meal ready. Very, very good and very noble. Jesus didn't ask for a meal but she's doing it. She's getting a meal already. Now notice what it says about Martha it says she was cumbered or distracted with much serving. So while Mary was hungry to hear personally from God, Martha got very, very busy serving Jesus serving the disciples. Now we're called to serve. Serving's part of the kingdom everyone's called to do things, not called to just sit around reading a Bible A lot of people read that verse and some, how many thought yourself as Martha, you like Martha? felt I'm like Martha really, I get very busy. How many put yourself there, you thought I'm like Martha? Oh that's good, the rest all sit there listening to Jesus, eh? Well done, isn't that wonderful? Well you always get some who'll sit there and identify with Mary, but most people identify with Martha, busy, burdened out, lots of things to do and not enough time to do it. Most people feel that way, most of the time, and uh, so we can identify with Martha. But this is not setting off two things, either sit at Jesus' feet and learn or then do something. It's not either or. Actually, as we'll look at the life of Jesus, you'll see very clearly he was an extremely busy person. In fact, sometimes he was so busy he couldn't have time to eat. So serving God requires two things. One is listening, intimacy with him. The second is we engage in the mission he has. Some people who have a tendency towards the prophetic will lean into just sitting listening to Jesus, and that's all they want to do. But when the prophetic is just about listening to the Lord and not engaging in serving Him, it becomes distorted and very self-centered, not what God intended at all. And so here we have Martha. Now, Martha's very, very distressed. You notice what it says. The word there, distracted or whatever, means literally to be dragged around something pulling her over here do this job <laughs> pull over there do that job How i felt that kind of pressure in your life how hey, you pull this way they have got to do this ah oh, there's others now, pulled over this way and you feel like you're just being pulled apart by all the demands of life demands at work demands of your job demands at home demands financially demands in ministry areas and servings like the whole life seems like it's a pull everywhere Feel like there's one piece of you and there's about 12 different parts being pulled everywhere that's, so, that's what she was feeling like, pulled everywhere And as a result of not managing her soul, her internal life Because she didn't prioritize and manage her life, her life changed on the inside You notice when Jesus arrived, you're very glad to see Him, very happy just like we can be very happy to come to church, worship, lift our hands, lovely cool environment, love the Lord, enjoy the worship, whatever. And then about an hour later, we're distracted and irritated at someone driving. and We've got burdens of something we've got to do and there's meals to be gotten ready. Suddenly you've lost it all. Lovely worshiping God here, then lost it all about an hour later. That's not how God intends it to be. How many can identify with that? Oh, there's a few honest people here today. That's wonderful. Good to start the year being honest. We can identify with this very, very easily of being pulled and pressured by so many things. Now, if you don't manage your inner life, the Bible says out of your heart, your inner man flows the issues of life. You and I have to manage our inner life. What you're living on the outside is a reflection of what's really going on inside. And so Martha allowed the pressures of life to change her on the inside. I'm sure so many of us have come and worshipped Jesus, been loved to have hands laid on us, receive anointing, get touched by God, enjoy the presence of God, and then a short time later, you're quite agitated and distressed. Something changed. What changed was inside you. What changed was you lost your focus, you lost your peace. Jesus said, I have a peace to give you. It's something imparted into you. You've got to learn to then manage your outer world and manage your inner world. So what happened to her? There's a whole number of things that happened to her. I want to just go through them and just show you the signs that become evident in your life when you have lost your focus and composure, when you've lost centering and resting in the Lord and begun to allow the pressures of things around you to control your life. If we are led by the Holy Ghost, there'll be some peace. There'll be a a peace and a rest in our life. When you're driven by circumstances or driven by pressures and demands, your life begins to change. I want you just to read with me and have a look at some of the things she said because, you know, what they say comes out of the heart, doesn't it? So notice what it says here. It says here, she approached Jesus. Well, the first time she approached him was to make him welcome. Now she's coming to him but she's got a different story. Lord, don't you care my sister left me alone. Tell her to help me. Now you notice the first thing is Pressures of life have distorted her view of God. Notice her first statement. Lord, you don't seem to care. You don't seem to be interested in me. When we lose our focus on God, when we lose our focus internally and allow external things to drive us, we begin to be overwhelmed with the feeling nobody cares about us, God doesn't seem to care. Elijah got that same kind of feeling. He felt God had lost caring for him and he got quite a distorted perspective of life. When you allow the pressures of things around you to enter your life and begin to drive you, you will have a distorted perspective. You'll become overwhelmed by what you have to do and overwhelmed by the feeling that nobody seems to care about me. You ever had those thoughts go through your mind? God doesn't seem to care or no one seems to care. Actually, what we're really suffering from is a very low emotional tank. We're driven by circumstances. We've lost our central focus on the Lord. And so her first thing is, God, you don't seem to care about me. You just seem to be not interested in me. I notice how that Mary sister of mine, how you're paying a lot of attention to her, but I'm not getting much at all. I'm feeling a bit upset over here. So the first thing, she lost her perspective totally. She lost sight of the fact that she is valuable, valuable and precious to God. Why did she lose sight of that? Because her identity got caught up in what she was doing. If you were to take away all that you do, probably for many of us, we'd feel like, well, what's left of my life? There's nothing now. Actually, our identity is not found in what we do. Our identity is found in who we are in Christ. You are a valuable person even if you achieve nothing. You are a valuable person because God says you're in his image and he paid a great price for you. The moment your identity gets caught up, I have to have this, do this, be in that place, immediately your whole perspective will change. And so you notice what's happened. She's got a distorted view of life. When you get a distorted view, then very soon you become resentful. Well, Lord, you don't seem to care. That's sister of mine. Now, notice... Now she's got a retention off the joy of serving God. Now she's got a retention off God and off her perspective in life, which should have been around serving God and worshiping God. Now now she's starting to notice the people around her. That sister of mine, you're becoming quite resentful about her sister. A lot of people in the church get resentful of others in the church. It's very, very sad. It's because they've lost focus on the Lord get resentful of this or jealous of that or look at someone else's gift or look what someone else is doing. Why would you worry about what someone else is doing? You're called to do things yourself. You're called to serve God yourself. The moment you start to look at other people with resentment and feeling of ill will towards them, you know that internally your life has got overwhelmed by things. You've lost your focus on the Lord. And so she said, that sister, you can just sort of, and when you read it, it's sort of, you just read the words, but you try to get the feel of it. Lord! Don't you care that sister of mine? You just feel the resentment and anger spitting out. A lot of people get like that. Get angry, angry and resentful at other believers. Why would you be angry at another believer? Why be resentful at someone else? They've got their own things in life to cope with. See, we got to focus on what God called you to do. And so, next thing you notice is that she said that she left me to serve alone. She now begins to talk about the loneliness and isolation she's feeling. So she started off welcoming Jesus and wanting to do something for him. Then she ends up very resentful at others and very alone, isolated, and, and upset in the very, doing the things she started out to do. She started out serving God was a joy. Now she's angry and resentful about the very things she was doing. She started out to get Jesus a meal. Now she's angry and resentful about getting the meal. A lot of Christians get like that. They start off serving God, but a lot of mixed motives in it. Very soon, the serving becomes to take place the loving God. And then what happens is they become disappointed, angry, resentful, upset, alone and isolated. And they begin to resent the very work that they actually embraced in serving God. Very easy to do that. I've seen many Christians over the years become disillusioned and lose the fire of serving God, the joy of doing something great for him, the joy of just serving him. Why? They've lost the sight, they've lost their central focus on him. Very easy to do. And then what's the last thing she did? Well, now she tried to manipulate Jesus. Well, you tell that sister of mine, you said, no good sister, that's selfish. Sister. You tell her to come and help me. And you notice now her prayer has become twisted, manipulative, and she's moving into witchcraft. Now, how did someone who welcomed Jesus end up angry, resentful, isolated, and operating in spiritual witchcraft? How on earth did she get there? Very, very simply, she lost her central focus on who she's serving and why she's serving. She just lost her focus. And so, I love this, Jesus turned to her, said, well, Martha, Martha. I want you to see how Jesus dealt with her. The first thing is, he affirms her value. She's a lovely person. He loves her. Martha, 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 Martha. Stop. He actually affirms her value. See, God values you apart from your serving." Sometimes, particularly if you've been really busy serving the Lord, and you go through a season where you're not doing anything much, you can become really disoriented and feel you have very little value. But actually, our value is not in the serving, our value is in the relationship with God. The serving is the overflow of the relationship. And if you don't have an overflow of relationship, serving has got very little joy in it. It's kind of, do it, but I have to. Rather than do it, it's a joy to serve the Lord. If you don't serve the Lord with joy, well, it's pretty miserable, isn't it really? And so, you notice Martha, Martha. Notice then the second thing he does. First, he affirms her value. Second thing he does is this. He then identifies her heart condition. You are anxious and troubled about many things. You are distracted and divided up in your heart. You have allowed the pressures of jobs and work and demands to cause you to be fragmented in your soul so you've lost focus on what is really important. Very easy to get that way. And you're you're troubled. In other words, you're in a turmoil. I wonder how many people could identify that if you were to be really honest today, that's how you live a lot of your life. Distracted and pulled about with lots of different things, and life lived in a turmoil. Now, that comes out of losing focus on the Lord. It comes out of allowing things to take over our life, instead of actually learning how to rest in God and allow Him to help us establish our priorities. And so the next thing he says, you're anxious in trouble. And he said, but there's one thing that's needed. In other words, he identifies there is a priority you have to set in your life. Only one thing that's necessary. One thing's necessary. One thing is necessary. So if I asked you, what is necessary for you in this year? You'll have lots of things. Well, I'm necessary to pay off my mortgage. necessary to pay off my debt. And the one thing is necessary. There's one thing. And this is what Jesus said. One thing's necessary. And he said, and it's a choice to do it. In this year, 2010, there's one thing necessary for all of us, and it's a choice whether we do it or not. And here's what it is. He said, Mary chose what was necessary. She made a choice out of all the things that she could do, had to do, felt to do, urgent to do, needed to do, others wanted her to do, sister wanted to do. Out of all of those things, there was one thing needed to come first, and that was intimate time, listening and hearing the voice of God. Of all the things you would need to do this year, it's to hear God for yourself. Now, one of the difficulties is we love to come and be preached to and let God speak to us through someone else, and that is wonderful. God provides for us that way. But how many develop the discipline and have cultivated a personal life of listening to God for yourself? What was the last thing that God spoke to you about? What was the last thing that God said to you to do? When was the last time God opened something from His Word and you started to see things you'd never seen before? When in prayer and waiting on God, did God begin to open up the realm of the Spirit and you saw things and heard things you hadn't heard before? How long ago is it since that happened? Probably too long. You could change that this year. This would be the way to start this year. That's why we have the prayer and fasting. To help us begin to focus on the one thing it's necessary for you to do. What say in the end of the year, you get look back on the end of this year, come the end of this year, and you've done all of those things, except the one thing God wanted you to do, you never did it. Could you say you had a successful year? If you get to the end of your life and you've done all these things, but the one thing God wanted you to do and pursue, you never did, could you say you had a great life and successful life? You see, success is measured by discovering what God wants us to become like, becoming like that and serving Him. It, success in the world looks a certain way, it looks like money, it looks like riches, it looks like position, it looks like possession, it looks all kinds of things, but in the kingdom of God, success looks different. It looks like nothing you've seen before, because how do you know what it'll look like? How would I know what success is? for Clive unless I've listened to what God had to say for him to do All I could do is have an opinion But you see, no one can tell you what success will be for your life except the one who called you Fulfilling what he wants you to do in this year is absolutely essential for success and for life and peace There's going to be many voices call you this year Many pressures come on you and some of them will call you right away from God You have to make a decision to do what Mary did which was to hear for herself what God was saying, to listen for herself to the voice of God. What's a bit hard? I don't hear so well. Well, Jesus said, everyone can hear my voice. And so what is it I need to do to hear his voice? It's very, very important to hear the voice of God. Now, interesting thing about Jesus, he made a priority of hearing the voice of the Father. It was an absolute priority. You know what he said? He said, I do nothing except what the Father is showing me. That shows how much listening was important to him. Uh, one time, one of his friends, very very sick, Lazarus, and they said, "Why don't you come and heal Lazarus?" And he just delayed until Lazarus died. Why did he delay till Lazarus died? Because well, following instructions. There was a, something greater would come about if he just did not hasten to do what everyone wanted him to do. There's another time there in Mark 1 and verse 35 and they're having a great revival and Jesus gets up early to pray and they say, come on, there's a revival gone, everyone's come out. He said, no, I've got to leave here. go somewhere else. Consistently, Jesus overcame the pressures of people near him and the demands of life because he constantly heard what the Father wanted him to do. If that was the model for us, how can we do any different? I wonder when you last took some time to get alone and just listen. Notice what we see in here. In You are going to find, if you haven't already found it, pressure from people. If you're married, it'll be pressure from a spouse, pressure from your children. Or it'll be pressure from your finances. Or it'll be pressure from people around you, pressure from your friends. Or it'll be pressure from demonic forces. Or it'll be pressure from brokenness inside, struggling to hold your life together, but you're going to have pressure and you're going to hear voices. The one voice we need to hear is the voice of God. Let me just show you several simple keys, what you could do. And if you were to practice this through the year, you'd find it easy to start to flow with the Holy Spirit. Here's the first thing you have to do. If you're going to make a decision that this year, I'm going to do the one thing that's necessary, I'm going to listen to and respond to God for my own life. Well then, here's some things you could do that will help you. They are things that you practice. As you practice them, get easier for you. Here they are, the first one. First thing is, you have to quiet your soul. You have to quiet your soul. You have to quiet down on the inside. In Mark 1.35, Jesus got alone. He got up while everyone was asleep, and he got alone. And uh, of course, we like to sleep in. And when you sleep in, you wake up, it's busy, everything's all going, it's hard to get alone with God. But you've got to work out how to quiet your soul. To quiet your soul, you have to have time alone or quiet down all the noise. Shut off the phone, shut off everything else, shut off the TV, the computer, the internet, shut things off. And then when you've shut everything off around you, you've still got stuff inside you. How many of you notice as you start to pray, you remember all the things you've got to do? There's voices say, do this, do this, do this. Just write them all down. Just slowly take time to let your soul quiet down. You cannot hear God easily while your soul is busy. It's like busy signal on a phone. God's trying to ring you, can't get through. Why? Because when he speaks, it'll be to your spirit. And the biggest pressure you have when you listen to the voice of God is just to quiet down and lay your soul to become quiet. You might find worship, pray, you might find thanksgiving. Start to thank the Lord and begin to speak out, begin to lift Him up in praise, begin to focus your attention. That will silence the noise. When something was around you. Time, hear God, I have to be very serious in print, you That's what you Second, when you listen to focus. You know God, you do focus your attention like listening to anyone. Sometimes I get distracted, I'm listening to two or three things and then I miss one person I should be listening to. Very easy to do. How many of you have been speaking to someone and then your mind started to wander away while they were to? Then you suddenly realise, "Oops!" they draw you back, you have gone. You're not listening anymore, you've gone somewhere. The same thing happens with God. If I don't give Him my attention, actually focus my attention to listen, to hear from Him. To hear from Him you'll be listening. Well, the voice of the Spirit of God in your heart You'll be listening for the Holy Spirit quickening something you're reading You'll be listening from within, from inside your spirit The third thing you need to do is expect God to speak We need to expect Him to speak If we don't have expectation on God, nothing will happen You go and have a prayer time, it'll be quite nice but it won't do much for you Not as if you heard God or experienced God That would be something quite different altogether Another thing it helps you to do is to meditate on the things that God has said Ponder them and go over and over and To do that help you write them down I have a journal and I write down the things that God has been speaking about And I write them in and then I can go back Because two or three days later you've forgotten what you heard And it's very easy to forget So you go back and then you can go back over what God showed you If you go back over what God showed you early last year You'll see how much of it has taken place If you go back and there's nothing to go back to because you never wrote anything down, you won't remember much at all So listening to God, there's a discipline of engaging God You see, when Mary sat down, she knew there was a lot to be done She just made a decision, she would listen for the voice of God And finally, if you want to hear from God, you need to act on what He shows you in uh, the bible in many places mark 4 verse 24 25 it tells us this it said god will measure out to you in the measure that you act and respond on what he gives you so if god has been speaking to you never did anything about it you'll find his voice grows very quiet you don't hear very much at all And so if you decide, well, I'm going to do these things that God's showing me, I'll act on them There's been some things last year when God spoke to me, I just immediately acted on them straight away And it brought about significant change in the circumstances around me Just acting on what God said Now I was trying to figure it out and I decided, no, I'm not going to reason away what God said and try to make it come I'll just do what the Lord said to do I can remember many years ago, uh, I had a, my, my grandmother, who was a Roman Catholic, was very distressed by the fact I was no longer going to the Catholic Church. She was very upset with me indeed, and uh, never came back to our house again, actually and uh, it was quite sad but uh, she was very distressed with me and kind of I felt well I'd like to sort of make it up in some kind of way and, and I thought well her birthday's coming up I'll buy her a lovely present so anyway the birthday came and would you believe it the birthday went I was so busy I just missed it and about three or four days later I thought, oh no I missed the birthday how bad is that so not only she ticked off with me I've missed the birthday as well this is getting worse how am I gonna fix this up so I thought i have got to buy a present so first of all, I started thinking the natural I've got to go and buy a nice present, so I went down to have a look at what I could get, and, and I was just walking down the street looking in shop windows, and, and uh, I saw this uh, Christian shop, and uh, I'll go in there and have a look around, and, and uh, I saw kind of a gift thing I thought I might get her, and, and then there was this little picture thing, and it was a picture of the shepherd with the sheep, and uh, my sheep hear my voice is what it had underneath it, and I felt in my heart the Holy Ghost say, buy that, and I started to argue. Well, I don't like pictures like that. It looks a silly Catholic thing that I've been used to years. I've given up all of that stuff. I don't want any pictures like that. Thank you very much. And I actually left the shop. I walked down the street, but it kept coming back to me. I thought, I'll go back in again. And, uh, you know, it's better to listen and do what God says. So I went in and I bought I bought the picture. Now, I bought another little gift as well and wrapped them all up and sent them off with a little note and, and whatever. And uh, then a little while later, I, I saw my grandmother and uh, I said, Hey, how'd you get on? Did you get the gift? She said, Oh, yes, I love the gift. She described the gift I'd given. I'm thinking, What about the card? What about that little picture? And I said, Did you get the little picture? She said, Yes. Oh, when I saw the picture, she said, Oh, that really triggered off something for me. I said, What was that? She said, Well, when I was about 12 and at school, I actually and my friend and I upset one of the teachers, and we wanted to put it right, so we decided to buy a little gift, and the gift we bought was a picture, and it was this picture, the shepherd and the sheep, my sheep hear my voice, and I thought, whoa, I couldn't possibly have known what happened, it must have been in 70s then. All those years back to when she was about 12 years old, How, I couldn't have possibly known, but God knew. And God knew exactly what was right to just touch her heart and put right something I couldn't put right ever. God knows, but you've got to listen to his voice. And it can be incredibly specific, incredibly detailed, and he can show you exactly what to do. He wants to show you what to do. You've just got to decide that you'll listen. What a great year we could have this year. If we made it a year where we begin to develop a listening heart, we cultivate the habit of quietening our soul and coming alone with God, of focusing our attention on His word and on listening to Him, of beginning to expect Him to speak and writing down and pondering on the things He says and then doing it. What a different year you'll have this year. What a great year you'll have this year. You'll begin to operate in faith you'll begin to operate in a different realm. It's so very, very easy. It's so easy. Glenda, why don't you come? Glenda, why don't you come on up? Just come on up. Yeah, let me just pray for you. Both of you just come up here. And we'll just show you. It's so very, very easy. It's not hard. Come on up there too. Come on, Gary. Come on up. Come on. Both of you come up. That's the way. Let me just pray for you right now. That's right. There we go. Let's take your hand. Father, I just thank you. Now, just thank you. Now, God knows what's ahead for her for this year. God knows what's ahead for them both for this year. And I don't know. I've got no idea. haven't even stopped to think, really. I'm just praying about what God wants me to do at the moment and uh, just talking to him and listening to him. And uh, so the Lord just knows just what's happening and what's going on in life. So if I was to just wait on the Lord for just a little moment and quiet my soul from all the uh, awareness that you're all around me and just become still on the inside, I could become very aware that God is here. And if I'm aware that God is here, then God will speak and God will talk. Lord, I just thank you. You know, Glenda, thank you, Lord, you want to touch her life. You want to speak into her life. Well, I just see God is, shows me a picture just right now, and I see in the picture you're like standing on a path and you're looking. And you're looking to the left, you're looking to the right, and it's like there's a question mark. of You're in a process of decision-making at the moment, process of a number of things, to think about and to make decisions on uh, but there's an uncertainty and uh, all your life there's been that area where you've had uncertainty and the Lord wants you to know that he's going to cause great confidence great certainty to come into your life during this year great certainty about what God is doing great certainty about people and what God has put into their lives and hearts and I just see God causing in your life this year Pastoral gift to emerge and a great ability to see in people Potential to see in people good things to see in people Things that God has put in their heart that they would come forth and would serve him in I just say as you will wait on the Lord He's going to show you many things about people It'll come to you as a picture come to you as an idea and you'll just see things God's going to cause you to interact with people and to help position them to help them, you're gonna know, drop ideas into their heart. Have you ever thought of doing this? Have you ever thought of doing that? I see that you'd be very good at that. And God's gonna give great confidence to your life in this year. Great confidence is coming into your life. Spirit of God coming on you and great confidence coming over your life right now. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing coming on that word right now, touching her life. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, I break the power of words which stripped away her confidence. We break the power of words which stole from her confidence years ago. Father, in Jesus' name, we just break the power of those words and release the grief of that off your life and release new confidence into you. In Jesus' mighty name, (sighs) touch your Lord with your anointing. There's the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you. God was showing me that years ago when you were younger, words were spoken that were like arrows coming to strip confidence. And God today's broken the power of those and opened the way for much more to happen in your life. Thank you, Lord. You just stay under that anointing right now. Spirit of prophecy is coming around your life to begin to see, hear, and flow in the things of God in the coming year. You've hungered for it. You've wanted it. You've been crying out for a little while for that. Is that right? You've been crying out. Uh, Amen. Well, you know her, don't you? So how does that sound? Does that sound like her? Oh, yes. yes. Okay, great. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. She's deeply touched by the Spirit of God. You see, when we hear from God and begin to speak and act on what God says, that the anointing and the power of God will be released to change lives. Father, I just thank you for Gary. Thank you, Lord, for him. Thank you, Lord, today for your presence coming upon his life too. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I just see you, God's given you an eagle eye, you can see and look and hear, giving you a sharp hearing to hear words of knowledge, to see things prophetically, and that's going to grow. You're going to come to a whole new level of it in the coming year. Now You've been crying out for more and for more consistency, for it to come more regularly and more consistently. And uh, I just see God giving you word after word after word for people, it's like coming like a river for you. But the Lord wants you to receive for yourself as well a lot of things to show you, a lot of things to reveal to you, and I just see God opening up a different dimension of uh, revelation in this coming year. Wonderful flow of revelation, and I see you ministering not just words of knowledge, I see you discerning and beginning to move in areas of deliverance to set people free. It's like you've had areas of words of knowledge come, and at times quite accurate, but it it seems to come and go, and uh, this year it's going to be quite consistent, and uh, you're going to minister to people and uh, just see them delivered on the spot. And the Lord's wanting you to stretch out in that area, not to wait for someone else to do something, but to stretch out. He's putting a fresh anointing upon your life to move in deliverance, to move in healing, because there's a pastoral gift around you. And it's a part of the pastoral gift, part of the legacy of being in the house. And God is lifting you to another level where you can flow in that. Just lift your hands to him right now. Father, we just thank you right now. Lord, the gifting you've placed on my life in that area of flowing and discerning of spirits and, and, Lord, and moving in deliverance, let it just rest upon him right now. Let heaven open up and let that anointing just flow out of heaven. Thank you, Lord. Mighty power just flow out of heaven into his life in Jesus' name. Well, isn't that wonderful? God here. Whoa. Come on, just hold hands together. Hold hands together. A new dimension of living, moving, and flowing in the spirit together. Well, presence of god is on. Touch them right now, Lord. Mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's give a Lord a clap, shall we? Thank Him. Lord, we just thank you. Today is a new day. Thank you. This year is a great new year when we will see miracles, when we will hear and see in a different dimension, when the power of the Holy Ghost will move in our midst. In Jesus' mighty name. Someone right in front of me has got a problem in your neck. You've damaged and hurt your neck. It's just down here in front of me here. Uh, You've hurt your neck. You're in pain. Your neck is, uh, st- is, is uh, stiff. And in pain, you've had some kind of accident uh, just recently. Actually, Who's that person? Just raise your hand. We'll pray for you right now. And God will heal you. Who's that person? Someone just out in front of me here. Okay, just over there. There we are. Come, just come right now. Come, just come quickly. Just felt God saying wants to heal. Want us believe for miracles this year, eh? You know, everyone stretch out for miracles this year. Isn't that wonderful. What happened? I had a car accident. You had a car accident. In March, no, in March. Um, pain in your neck back. and back um, and um, I'm waiting to see the, uh, the orthopedic surgeon you're waiting to see the orthopedic surgeon and in between I've had a Oh wow okay you've got I'm a ro- to go to for an Wow okay so in and March had she had a car accident and so she's in pain in her neck yeah. and in shoulder and can't lift her arm yeah. having to go to a well, to a doctor here here. wow okay then and your neck's in pain as well is yeah, that you can't move your neck around. I can see it's quite stiff. But we need to believe for a miracle and also heart trouble too. So we need to believe for a real miracle for you. You've got lots of life left in you, lots yes. to do for God, haven't you? You can't, can't afford to be limited by sicknesses and things like that. All right, so I want you to pray first of all for the neck because that was the area God spoke about. So your neck is stiff right now, but it doesn't need to stay that way. So, Father, right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we reach back to that point when that accident happened. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we take authority over the spirit of infirmity and the spirit of shock. I command you to release her neck and shoulder right now in Jesus' mighty name. I command you release her neck. I command you release her shoulder now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We speak to the pain. We command the pain to go. We command the nerves to be healed. Command the joints to be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Shock and trauma and infirmity. Loose her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We command you to release her now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your mighty healing power. Let it just flow out of heaven over a body right now. Father, we speak into a heart. Command release in the heart. Command the release of the valves and the arteries. Command an opening of those arteries now in Jesus' name. Command a freedom and healing from stress and tension in her heart, malfunctions in her heart. We speak release of healing into your body right now. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be loosed and released. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just give me a hand now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, just... Let your healing power begin to flow right now. Just begin to move your neck. Just try to move your neck from side to side. Okay, move. How's that feeling now? It's freeing up? Okay, it's freeing up. All right, there's still a bit there. Just keep moving it. Keep moving it. We'll just keep praying. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you right now. We just command that neck to be freed in Jesus' name. Thank you for your healing power right now. Keep moving the neck. That's right, just move it around. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now, are you doing something that you wouldn't do before? Oh, look at that. Wow. Wow. I am. I couldn't look over. You couldn't look over your shoulder before, and it's, free, it's freed up. Is there still a bit of stiffness? Yeah, and it comes in my arm. Okay, because, then. Um, I... Just focus on the neck now, just for a moment. Okay. Now, just keep moving your neck, just like that. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Okay, now your arm. Just begin to lift your arm. Just see how it goes. Just, oh, sorry, just as far as you can. Still some pain there. All right, then let's just pray for that joint. Father, right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're just speaking into the shoulder. We command healing to flow right now. We command healing to flow into that shoulder joint right now. We speak into the joint. Command now healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, right now. Whoa, look at that. <laughs> you couldn't do that before, could you? Hey, you couldn't do that before. Well, that's got to be good news. That has got to be good news. Couldn't turn your neck and couldn't raise your arm. Now, come on, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Look at that. And, you know, you saw she couldn't do that before. When she came, she couldn't do that before. She's had a miracle from the Lord. What a way to start the year, eh? The miracle from the Lord. Amen. And you're having an angiogram, is not it? And and, okay, what does that mean? Well, they're going to put a tube up <laughs> through your yeah. ear and into the heart? Okay. Um, They were going to do a triple bypass, but they think they can get away with it. The think anger. they can get away without that. All right, then. Well, let's believe for that, all of your heart to open up. Father, we believe you're a God of miracles. You've just done a miracle right now. You've freed up the shoulder and the neck. So, Lord, nothing's too difficult for you. So we speak into the heart. We command all thickening of the arteries. We command now, Lord, the opening of the arteries. We command the walls to become flexible. We command in Jesus' mighty name a healing of your heart condition. We break every generational curse that's brought heart troubles into the family. We break it in Jesus' mighty name. We command that spirit that produces heart troubles, infirmity, go in Jesus' name right now. The mighty name of Jesus, release her now. Let her go now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's give the Lord a great clap and thank Him. Lord, we just thank you and honor you today. Wonderful, Jesus. Doug, would you like to help her onto her feet? Just help her up now. That's wonderful. There we go. Praise the Lord. Well, that's right. Look at those. Hands. <laughs> Isn't that lovely, right? Isn't that lovely. Yeah, you. You've been like that for, since March last year. Yeah, I've had injections, cortisone. Um, Rubbing stuff in the spent heaps on panels and coatings and <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> nah, nothing that? any good. I spent a oh, whole of Christmas in hospital, I Christmas couldn't move. Yeah, I couldn't move, oh, but wow. now I can. <laughs> now you can, thank you, Lord. Well, let's just pray for you one more time, Father. We just thank you for you're a good God. We thank you, you have much more to accomplish, Father. Today as she goes to Wellington. Father, we just pray you give her a great testimony to share with people. Give her boldness to speak to people who need to know Jesus Christ. Father, bring people to her who need to know you. Father, we pray in this coming year, Lord, that she will pray for many people and see them heal. Father, today we thank you for great confidence rising in her heart to pray for people with neck and shoulder injuries. Father, I pray you'll bring people to her. She'll testify to them and mighty power of God will flow. Father, let that anointing to pray for the sick just come upon her right now in Jesus' name. Let heaven just open up over your life right now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty power. While well, we expect miracles in 2010. Miracles. Why don't we just stand and lift our hands to the Lord? Lord, just release your anointing and power upon us. In Jesus' mighty name, in this year as we open our lives to listen to the voice of God, to hear you, to hunger after you, to seek after your face, to fast and persevere in breaking through, we believe, O God, for many miracles, many releases, many breakthroughs, much happening in Bay City in this year. Father, we believe for many people rising up and working miracles in that mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you, Lord, all the glory in Jesus' mighty name come on let's give him a clap right now give the Lord a clap right now